Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Womb Podcast. This is an episode I've been super excited to share for a long time. We actually recorded it back in August. Um, As I've said many times here, things got put on the back burner and I will not continue to apologize for it because there's no need to be ashamed and life happens. But anyway, this is an episode that's really amazing and really important and I'm so excited that I got to have this conversation. Um, This was with Amelia Bono, who's the co-founder of Shout Your Abortion Movement. She co-founded Shout Your Abortion with Lindy West after having her own abortion in 2014. And in response to the House of Representatives voting to defund Planned Parenthood back in 2015, Amelia posted her abortion story in outrage after um, the defunding was announced. Um, She posted her abortion story on her personal Facebook page, which then Lindy reposted um, as her status to Twitter and added the hashtag ShoutYourAbortion, and basically the movement was just born. We talk about how abortion is still such a taboo. It's not really something you casually talk about, but why not? As Amelia says in this conversation, you don't talk about your abortion while making vodka sodas, but why? As we talk about, um, both of us have been a part of radical and progressive communities, but still realize that abortion is a topic that we aren't exactly forthcoming with. In fact, we're pretty much entirely avoidant. Shout Your Abortion came from a huge need to break the silence surrounding abortion. Amelia talks about how her abortion was a positive and super empowering experience. As she says, 10 out of 10 would abort again. Um, I loved that. These are the stories we need to hear more of. It's so important to hear this discourse of gratitude, especially amongst all of the insane propaganda that's put out by uh, the news and all the pro-lifers. Of course, there is such a range of experiences when it comes to abortion, and this is not to say that everybody has a positive experience, but I think we need to hear that range and understand that there's so many reasons why people may or may not choose to abort, but the most important thing is that we have the right to choose and we have access to safe and legal abortions. hearing these stories and putting them out there is so important to normalize abortion and especially in this age where uh, Roe v. Wade feels dangerously close to being overturned we cannot be quiet about the necessity sorry for access to the safe and legal abortions to join the shout your abortion movement you can submit your story on their website at shoutyourabortion.com you can also simply post your story on social media and add the hashtag ShoutYourAbortion. You can also go onto their website and find your local chapter to join and keep these stories flowing. If you don't have one in your area, I would recommend starting one. Um, make your own zines, hold your own events, and watching document documentaries like Trapped and um, ones that Amelia uh, mentions in this episode just create art around it put things out there shout your story put it on social media it's really helpful in keeping this movement alive and you know hopefully we can continue to make a difference and keep abortion accessible to the people who need it in this country um if you have any interest also in becoming an abortion support person and like an abortion doula or 
anything like that, please reach out to me. I have a lot of resources for you and I'd love to help get more people doing this sort of work. And also, if you'd like to share your story on here, I would love to hear it. Um, get in touch. It's services at gmail.com or you can get in touch with me on Instagram. Otherwise, I really hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you go buy the Shout Your Abortion book. I got it. It's amazing and beautiful and we should all have it. And I will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Okay, great. Um, so I always start off just asking people to introduce themselves and tell a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll circle back and talk about how you got there. Okay. Um, so my name is Amelia Bono. I use she, her pronouns. I am born and raised and still living in Seattle, Washington, and I am the founding director of Shout Your Abortion, um, which is kind of a silly title that always reminds me of like <laughs> a bearded blogger man or something. <laughs> I don't know, the word founder is just goofy, but um, it's meant to indicate, I guess, uh, that I am both the co-founder of the Shout Your Abortion movement and I am a current co-director of what has evolved into um, a full-fledged, legit organization. Um, and yeah, I guess day to day, my job is sort of that I am the creative director to my um, co-director, Sarah Edwards, to her managing director. Mm -hmm. um, so what SYA does currently is that we create places for people um, who have had abortions and those who just want to become more comfortable talking about abortion with the people around them. Um, we create places in art and media and at real life events all over the country for people to talk about abortion. And a lot of the times the people that we're working with are people who have had abortions, who want to um, make a zine about their experience or paint a mural or have a comedy show. Um, and then sometimes it's just folks who really want to take an active role in helping their, um, their communities get more sort of engaged with this issue from, a, from an experiential standpoint as opposed to a political one. Um, although I would never say that this issue isn't political, but I think that we've sort of been taught that the only way to talk about it is through uh, kind of political abstraction and that the vast majority of us, even if we have sort of grown up attending Planned Parenthood um, rallies and, and lobbying for things on the legislative side, I think that many of us are still pretty uncomfortable talking about abortion as a human experience, as a normal um, part of reproductive life for many, many, many millions of human beings. Um, and that, that that sort of 
lack of familiarity and lack of comfort around discussing abortion from that really just kind of like human, this happened, this is what it was like standpoint has, um, I think, contributed to things being really, really, really devastatingly out of whack um, on a legislative level and really sort of disconnected from people's actual needs and lives and values and experiences. Um, and, and I just believe that people are a lot more compassionate, a lot more uh, pro-choice, um, a lot more open to understanding different experiences with abortion uh, than is reflected in our legislative environment, which, you know, obviously is a terrifying hellscape. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that ab abortion is specifically really, um, it's just, they're not, the, these like, these laws are not actually made for us and the way that we feel. Um, yeah, and they don't reflect, I mean, I think the statistics right now are that like 70 or so percent of Americans support abortion and one in three has one and yet yeah. still. <laughs> yeah. So unreflected. Fact, the most recent and not to be like, well, actually, because that's just the worst, but it's one um, in four now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, but still, yeah, like you would not ever know that this is such a common experience and that, and that, like you said, 70% of Americans supporting Roe versus Wade, like that is not a controversial num number, you know? Right. Uh, but we've been taught and we've all sort of just internalized this belief that it's this total third rail of a subject. Um, and I really think that like that cognitive dissonance, um, that that silence is the only way that they're able to kind of like, pull that off you know absolutely that's what I mean I think silence is one of the biggest issues with how this has stayed the same basically and it's interesting to think of like I, I think I've heard you talk about this before in other things about how like even in radical communities or like what we call radical communities that it's still something that people aren't really talking about as much and mm -hmm. I think that's certainly changing but it's always been so interesting to me that yeah that's still like, I don't know about my friends who've had them. And that's crazy because we talk about everything and right. all, like, you know, the nitty gritty of all sorts of reproductive health issues. And, right. you know, I, I just find that's really confusing with abortion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so how did Shout Your Abortion start? Um, well, so, I mean, it's very much, I think, connected to the point that you were just making. Um, so I had my own abortion in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I live in Seattle. Uh, I am definitely like a member of radical and progressive um, communities. And I, I was never um, quiet about my abortion. I actually sent like a BCC to email to like, I think 15 of my closest friends and like cousins and parents that was just like, hi, everyone, I'm pregnant. I feel pretty okay about this. And I think I'm going to be fine. I just am like telling you in one fell swoop, 
so that you know this now and we can like process it once I have my abortion, which I'm having in a week or so. And you can just like check in with me later, but I think I'm, I'm cool with it. So I was not like, um, ever, I didn't, I didn't really ever feel an external, um, pressure to be quiet about it. But that said, I was in graduate school at the time I was getting a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And I was also working, um, as a bartender. And in both of those contexts, I was like aware that people don't just go around talking about their abortions. Right. And I was especially aware of that because this was, because the following, um, so I had my abortion in spring of 2014 and the following summer in 2015, um, was when the anti-choice propagandists, uh, created the videos, which, um, which were released and ended up having this like incredibly damaging effect and uh, inspiring the GOP to mount their initial effort to start defunding Planned Parenthood on the grounds that Planned Parenthood was selling baby brains or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, that was so crazy. <laughs> wild time. My head in my hand right now. Yeah, <laughs> I totally it's, forgot it's about that. that. It's really, I guess, like in the in the scheme of what's happening now, it's like we're in a post-Pizzagate world where I'm like, yeah, people believe all sorts of shit. But at that time, it was just like, I remember feeling super incredulous um, that like this batshit horror movie conspiracy was actually like taking over the minds of the masses and was like potentially going to inform public policy and federal funding for health clinics in this just catastrophic way. And I was so, so, so angry about it. Yeah. And being angry sucks. And I don't feel that way, like, super often. I mean, I guess I do now more than I do. <laughs> but it was like, a dis- I was really upset. And I was aware, like, I was like, couldn't stop talking about how pissed I was. And I was aware that, like, in my graduate program, which, you know, I was going to school to be a therapist. So you would think that, like, people would be cool talking about abortions, but I just sort of like became aware that I was talking about the political issue of abortion all the time and sort of like ranting about it with like-minded people and that no one was, and that I was like skirting my own abortion experience in most of these conversations for just the simple reason that like you don't talk about your abortion when you're like making someone's vodka soda right (laughs) and then I and then I was like well why yeah sort of started to realize that that avoidance was not only not conducive to my own values but that it was like felt really kind of problematic to me and um Mm -hmm. so I just sort of started talking about it in casual conversations in the bar and at school and very frequently, the person that I would t- was talking to would be like, yeah, I had an abortion also. And then we would be like, well, how the fuck have we never talked about this one? We've been friends for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started to, like, talk a bunch over the course of that summer with women in my life, um, women like my friend Lindy West, women like... Uh, my friend Kimberly Morrison, who's a Seattle musician, um, this awesome writer lady named Leslie Hazelton. I just st- sort of started talking about the fact that we 
weren't talking about our abortions with my friends mm-hmm. who had had abortions and um, started like thinking about what, like thinking about doing some kind of project. And initially we were talking about like putting together a zine that was people's abortion stories. Um, and then the day that the House of Representatives voted to defund Planned Parenthood um, on September 15th, I just kind of uh, like, I just kind of freaked out. I was supposed to be like finishing a paper for school and I just kind of lost my shit. Uh, I was super just, I was so upset about what was happening and I felt I'd had my abortion at Planned Parenthood and felt so just respected and cared for by them. And it just, I just could not believe that this was happening. And I felt like I wasn't sort of using the full range of my voice to defend them. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to, um, I wanted to tell everyone that not only was I so mad about this, but I was so mad about this because I had this incredibly positive abortion experience at Planned Parenthood and that like, these people are the best. Abortion is not only not a necessary evil, but for me, it was like an incredibly positive experience in my life that was like just 10 out of 10 would abort again. (laughs) No problems with how that felt or anything. It was just like empowering as fuck. And I went, you know, left the clinic that day and was like, you know, wow, abortion really gets a bad rap. That was actually pretty cool. So anyway. That's amazing. Was it, so was it actually the experience that was amazing or was it that like it gave you all of this, um, you know, like life opportunity to keep being a person and not being a mom? I think that, um, I think that like I was really aware from, from the moment that I found out I was pregnant, um, which like there was no decision. It was just like, I'm pregnant. Okay. I'm having an abortion. Yeah. Um, And like, I just immediately was struck by like this, um, just like awareness of my own, like how lucky I was. I just was like, okay, I know exactly where to go. It's the same Planned Parenthood I've been going to for 10 years. I know that I'm going to be able to afford the procedure. I know they're going to take great care of me. And I know that I'm going to be supported by, like, my friends and family and this dude I'm sleeping with. And, like, everyone's going to be support me. And that's really lucky. And, like, I knew that I was going to be okay. I knew it was a decision that I felt um, just, it, it, like I said, it wasn't even a decision. I just knew yeah. it was... I knew that I, I, I was about to go through something that other people had this incredible amount of, of baggage around and of like, you know, being the target of societal shaming and of being made to feel awful about themselves and of being like in some fucked up, just like imposed isolation about it. And also just like not having access to the procedure to begin with. And right. I knew that I was just, like, about to have a really privileged experience of this ancient thing that people do for each other. And then, and then when I actually went in and had my procedure, I was just, like, as soon as I walked into the clinic, I felt so just, like, 
I just really clicked into this like, wow, this is this ancient thing that women have been doing for each other since like before the beginning of time, like helping each other end pregnancies. And I feel so stoked and cared for and just like grateful to be experiencing this care. Um, and so I just think that I realized I was having like that my abortion experience was like cushy on every level and that I just felt grateful and that that was really like the predominant emotional takeaway. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was so cool. I just was like, as soon as I walked in the clinic, I just kind of had like tears at surface level the whole time. And it was because I was so overwhelmed with gratitude that I just wanted to like look at every person working there and thank them for doing this and for being part of this and like believing in it. And, and so everyone just kept making sure I was okay. And then I would be like, no, I'm totally great. I just am so happy to be here. And they were like, okay. <laughs> but you know, I think that it's like way more, I think one of the things that I've learned through SYA um, is just, I think how much more common gratitude is in, in, as a, an emotional component of abortion experiences than we've like learned, you know, it's always like, I think we, yeah. we we're not, not, we don't learned. get to talk about the gratitude and like the yeah. positive of it in a really like, I don't know, visceral sense, like to really be saying, this is why I'm, I'm happy. I'm like actually happy that this happened. And we only focus on like the negative mental state it could put you in and like all of the baggage and it's that's so problematic yeah and it's just kind of like I think a weird denial of it's just constrained or um I don't I think that people do feel gratitude but they just feel like it's just this private moment that can happen maybe between them and their doctor or that they like are aware of themselves but never verbalize but, like, of course we're grateful for the people that give us our abortions. You know, of course, like, in a world where 95% of people don't regret them, like, we're really glad they happened. Right. And, and we're really grateful for the people that, like, put every single fucking thing that you can imagine on the line in order to show up and continue doing that for people. Um. But so to, to just like go back to how it all began, I just like off the cuff when the day that Planned Parenthood was defunded by the house in 2015, I wrote this status update on my Facebook page that was just like, hey, I had an abortion like a year ago and, I'm tell and, and the experience was not only not a bad experience, it was incredibly positive and left me with this profound sense of gratitude and I'm telling you this today because I think that the anti-choice movement has relied on silence from pro-choice women who have had abortions. Um, and I just hit post and like ran out the door to go to school. And then I screenshotted my post and sent it to my friend, Lindy West, who's an incredible author. Um, she always gets identified in, in like, yeah, uh, she's amazing. <laughs> she always gets called a blogger whenever she's like on the news and she gets like a, a digital banner below they'll be like blogger lindy west and really <laughs> i think nope. it's safe to say she's far beyond a blogger right now <laughs> does anyone even say that like does anyone even still have a blog like what is that even it's just like why is lindy the only person who still gets that cry on? i don't know but, i'm sure there's a lot of things that we could 
yeah unpack on that (laughs) that's true she sometimes also gets called like internet harassment victim (laughs) really (laughs) yeah she was on nightline and they were like blogger and internet harassment victim lindy west (laughs) guys you could have said new york times best-selling author but you chose victim (laughs) cool oh my god yeah i texted my status update to lindy um she was like oh my god can i put this on twitter and i was like sure who cares and so she put it on twitter and added the hashtag shout your abortion and posted it along with her own uh a statement about her own abortion experience and um pretty pretty much immediately the post started blowing up and within a couple of days it had gone totally viral uh as the shout your abortion the, the hashtag had been used hundreds of thousands of times by people all over the world primarily in the states using the hashtag to talk about their own abortion experiences and often for the first time ever and in all sorts of different ways and um you know with just sort of any emotional um, content and circumstantial bent that you can imagine. It was just like really, really, really all over the place. And it was really just the most beautiful thing ever. And uh, I pretty much immediately like never went back to school. (laughs) Fine, because it was stupid and I didn't like it. And I never went back to my job which was also stupid. And I just sort of started (laughs) um, organizing and connecting with people all over the country and looking around for funding because it was just like really clear that this idea was a thing that people were desperately needing and excited about and that there was just a ton of natural momentum around it. And so then a couple of months later, um, I was able to secure a grant that sort of like got us off the ground and allowed us to um, like start paying, like allowed me to start paying myself and the people that I was working with for their time. And um, now we're in our third year as a nonprofit. Um, We have fiscal sponsorship through a nonprofit, so we are not technically one, but it's like the same diff. Yeah. And yeah, it's just kind of the best, best thing ever. And I'm so grateful and um, yeah, that's amazing. That's like a, a real dream come true, I, I think. Yeah, it totally is. What were you doing at the time, like when it first started that or I mean, even now, like what are what are you all doing um, as an organization? Um, so the the kinds of things that we do sort of fall into three ish categories. Um Obviously, SYA started as an online conversation, um, and we have, like, continued to want to provide, like, digital platforms for people to share their stories, although the, I think, like, majority of our work is now um, IRL organizing and art and events and stuff, but we do have a website, shoutyourabortion.com, that you can go add your story um, in photo or video or text um, with like, it can be anonymous or it can have a photo of your face. And um, there are hundreds of submissions on the story or on the uh, hundreds of stories on the site. 
We get new submissions like almost every day. Um, we publish the vast, vast, vast majority of things and we don't edit things. So there's just like a lot of different kinds of experiences and voices and individuals. And um, it keeps growing all the time. And it's really, that's, so that's one thing is like sort of digital, uh, digital platforms. And mm -hmm. we, you know, of course, continue to have like a social media presence and all that. Um, and then the second thing is publishing slash like art projects. So we have just finished um, making our first book that I'm so, so, so excited about. It comes out on November 1st. It's called That's for Abortion. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank That's you. so cool. We're literally like submitting the file to the publisher today. So it's like a very special day in the history of my life and shout your abortion. yeah that's huge thank you it's it's so it's gonna be so beautiful it's um so my like really good friend Emily Noakes who's a musician and artist in Seattle uh did the design and also co-edited it and then Lindy wrote the foreword and it's basically like a bunch it's abortion stories from 45 different people um, from like seven different city, cities all over the country and with accompanying portraits um, that we, we sent a photographer to like all of these people's places to like shoot them in their, in their real lives. And um, there are just like this incredible range of stories and people. And, and then there are just a bunch of photos of art and actions and things that people have done um, that is like projects that have been inspired by SYA and it's meant to sort of be a a thing like so there are like photos of people putting projections on the outside of buildings and postering and making buttons and having fashion shows and um, it's meant to be sort of a like a thing that people can hold and look at and be inspired to start this conversation in their own lives in any number of creative ways um, and we got a grant to mail it to a bunch of abortion clinics. So it will be like sitting in the waiting room and the recovery room of hopefully hundreds of clinics all over the country um, and, you know, potentially disrupting the sort of feeling of compulsory silence and shame before those things even fully take root in someone's life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the book That's is so like, cool. That's such a... Yeah, I would love that to be in every waiting room. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you, um, If you're not on the Shout Your Abortion mailing list, you can sign up on our website. And we don't send very many emails at all. It's, like, not annoying. We probably send, like, one a month. But you should definitely be on there, and then you, you will, like, know how to get the book. I'll definitely be coming out to New York, too. You're in, you're in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, I interviewed Ayana, who does uh like a the brooklyn chapter i guess and, yeah yeah yeah. yeah she said hi <laughs> i love her so so are you um you're a doula right i am yeah i'm a so i'm a full spectrum doula so i go to abortions um births and do postpartum support as well but that's awesome. i moved to new york to um, work with the doula project um, which is like a volunteering organization that they primarily provide abortion support, um, but also do birth support for low-income women. Mm -hmm. 
um, which they're an, an incredible organization. Yeah. I was actually wondering if you knew of anything like that out in Seattle. Yeah. There's, um, there is one collective called Full Spectrum Doulas that sounds very similar to what you just described. Uh, did you say that it's, is there, like, are they all subsidized? Or, like, do people pay for... Um, no, the people don't. So for the abortion support, it's totally volunteer. Um, and we work shifts basically mm-hmm. in clinics and, um, for the birth support, the doulas get a stipend, but I believe it's from a grant. I don't think that anyone that we work with actually has to pay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Doulas is the same way. I don't know if they have like partnerships with abortion clinics. I know that they do abortion doula work, but I don't know if they are, I don't know if they like, it's that organized that they have like shifts and just go kick it at the clinic or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a cool thing to have. I feel like it should be everywhere. Yeah, totally. You know, Poppy Lou, have you? Uh, no. Poppy is a good friend of mine who, and like a collaborator who, um, just became a doula in New York. She lives in Brooklyn. I can't remember what the program is that she got certified through. I think it's like very POC focused. Probably ancient song. Yeah, it is ancient song. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's like a really special person and brilliant artist. She made a short film about her abortion called names of women and um, she and I have, like, traveled around the country um, talking about abortion storytelling on, like, college campuses and in queer spaces and, like, all sorts of different places together. And she would be a great person if you're interested in, like, talking to Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. That sounds amazing. She's so great. You should totally check out Names of Women. It's yeah, great. I will definitely watch it. That sounds awesome. I feel like um, that's one thing I, I think that there's not enough um, actual things to watch about abortion. And it's yeah. cool that this has become a part of it. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think um, I think that television has gotten – I like, it was hard I, – I haven't watched – I didn't, haven't been a big TV watcher, I guess, and – like for most of my life. But when, after SYA happened, I became like hyper aware of like abortion plot lines happening. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's happened a lot more in recent years, but I also like wasn't super paying attention before that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a thing where TV producers are like aware that people are really ready to talk about this and see it represented and um, reflected by the media that they're consuming and like that that just hasn't really happened and that that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. The only like examples I can really think of are, I'm pretty sure Degrassi. Do you, do you remember that show? Yeah. Oh yeah. The Degrassi episode is amazing. Yeah. I remember watching that when I was, I don't know, a teenager or a kid or something. <laughs> There was another. There is another one recently that's like totally based on Shout Your Abortion. It's called Hashtag I Regret Nothing, 
and it's like so good. It That's awesome. I didn't know that. It's amazing. It's it came out like I think that it um wasn't aired in the United States. Of course. <laughs> but it's it's like totally worth watching. It's it's so rad. Yeah, I didn't really grow up watching TV very much. It was only like if I went to a cousin's house and they had cable and I'd like yeah, binge watch Degrassi and I was obsessed with it and it's so cheesy, but it like touched upon a lot of issues and yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really cool that they did that. That's awesome. But yeah, that and then like Obvious Child, which I thought was good because that was a positive example because otherwise I feel like it's this big like devastating act that somebody has to undertake and it's yeah, definitely depressing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that and then I, uh, did you ever end up making the zine? <laughs> no. We, <laughs> well, I mean, we have made zines subsequently, but the first zine that we were talking about making was like just going to be abortion stories, like people people writing about their abortion experiences, and we sort like we it sort of just ended up the whole thing blew up so fast that we were like let's make a website and like let's let's record abortion stories for a YouTube channel and um, you know like we just kind of decided to create larger platforms that were more participatory in nature. But we did make, um, you know, Ayana and her like Brooklyn crew have made three zines now, which are beautiful. I don't know if you've seen them or have them, but they're super rad. Um, and they're like primarily people's abortion stories. Um, I made like with my sort of like Seattle crew, we made a, although people participated from all over the country, I guess, but like I, I got involved with this organization called the Abortion Care Network, which is a group of independent abortion providers all over the country um, who, like, as you probably know, are significantly more vulnerable to uh, trap laws and, you know, all sorts of different, like, pressure and harassment from antis and are just kind of like, they just have less institutional support than Planned Parenthood, but like they don't have the name recognition of Planned Parenthood. So they often like struggle to like fundraise and just have like the kind of networking infrastructure and like other like bureaucratic support that Planned Parenthood um, affiliates might be able to provide each other. And so the Abortion Care Network is like a group of a group that helps them access those like larger forms of institutional support. And um, I, I like became aware of them and we started talking and they were like, you should come to our um, conference. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like so obsessed with abortion providers. I just like, I just was like crying every time I like thought about meeting them and didn't know like how to deal with how many feelings I felt about it. Yeah. So I decided to make a zine um, called Dear Doctor that was people's letters of love and gratitude to their abortion providers and bring it with me to this conference. And so that was a really cool zine that happened. And um, like, that's so cool. I feel like if I were a doctor, I would just be on my knees crying. That's amazing. I mean, they are, yeah, they're just the best people in the whole universe. And I just fucking love them and can't even, they're also just like, they're not just the best people in the universe because 
because of like, like, oh man, thanks for doing that cool job. You must be great. But they're actually like people. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're so just like, they're naturally like really, um, I find them to be really like creative and sort of non-binary thinkers and incredibly non-judgmental and they're like really funny and dark and just like existentially super like expansive in the way that they think about things and yeah they're just my favorite so it and now I um like I was asked to join the board of directors for the abortion care network so now I'm because they have like a they have allied organizations that are involved as well so I get to like go hang out with them all the time that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah soak up their amazing energy that's awesome well congratulations it's it sounds like so many things have opened up from this and that's so inspiring to hear for sure well thank thank you for wanting to talk about it and um yeah it is like it is just an incredible thing and I do think it's like in a world that can be like just so dark and it's it's hard to feel positive and I feel lucky that I have this cool story that I get to tell and it I think often people are like wow that happened that's a good thing (laughs) like there's not a lot of those sometimes yeah absolutely and I think that's where we can have these like glimmers of hope is on a smaller scale kind of um I was actually talking to Ayana about this that this is like where we can really make change happen is by just actually like joining together and putting things out there and um I got to go to Ireland for when Ireland voted for abortion that's amazing it was the coolest experience it was so awesome and like wild and eye-opening and a lot of ways like the just the propaganda that was everywhere was crazy and you know basically just like lies that were posted up everywhere but it was so cool to see how many people supported it on like a level that I did not expect like people that seemed super conservative and older and but it was really just everybody was so excited and so happy that it won by such a landslide it was awesome yeah Totally. Did you see the grandpa's for yes thing? Yes. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> that, yeah, when that was happening, I was just like nonstop crying for days. It was so inspiring. And yeah, you're totally right. It's like, it's really easy to focus on the landslide of negative shit that is happening and definitely is happening, but it's like it's so important for all of us to like lift up the cool shit that we're doing um and I think it will help us survive better to just be aware of like that beauty yeah absolutely and so what's happening for shout your abortion now that with the book coming out and um so the book is definitely like has definitely been the most major project I mean it's the most major project we've ever done and it's really consumed like a lot of the last, like, you know, six months or whatever. Um, And because it is kind of the first just, like, I mean, nothing could be a comprehensive representation of this movement because it's so, like, freeform and unwieldy and 
decentralized and I like hear about people doing stuff all the time that I've never spoken to or met. That's like the greatest thing ever. But this book is, um, is the first kind of like, it, it really feels like a tool like that can be distributed to help people wrap their minds around like what we're doing and why and how they can do the same kind of thing however it feels right to them. And um, so for that reason, I think it's like a great gigantic project to take up a lot of our energy because it feels like it will be a really kind of pragmatic tool. Um, and so we're gonna just like do a lot of promoting the book and of traveling and of book tour stuff. Um, we'll definitely be doing various, we'll be doing various things in New York and I'll make sure that you like are aware of them, but definitely sign up for our newsletter. That's like a really good way to just know what's going on. And we often post like calls for participation where it's like, hey, do you wanna have like a party on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade? We might be able to help you like with funding for a venue or just like shit like that. That's cool ways to get involved. Um, but so we're gonna we're gonna definitely like do book stuff, and a lot of it will involve the theater. When you the different photos and art and posts and stories and stuff. So book tour events will not just be like me standing at a podium and being like blah 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 blah. It will be like. <laughs> performance based and like involve people from the community that we're talking to and hopefully be like um a thing that generates involvement in a community as opposed to like a person coming to talk to a community about stuff um and so that's really exciting and that will be happening throughout the fall and then um in the in january is the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, uh, we have for the last, this will be our third year of doing a campaign called Together for Abortion that um, is basically like a, we, the first year we did it, it was a day of coordinated action um, all over the country. And our idea was to find a group of, at least one group of people in all 50 states who were willing to uh, mobilize some kind of action or event or you know collective like conversation or gathering um to just like talk about abortion like not a not a political action not like getting together and signing petitions but like just getting together to talk about the human experience of abortion and um we were able to find people in all 50 states to do it um the following year was the anniversary of Roe fell on like right around inauguration day. And so people were like doing a bunch of rallies and stuff like that. And so we sort of like created a bunch of like kits to help people. Like we, we like made signs and t-shirts and sent them out to people and helped people um, rent gathering spaces and encouraged people to like talk about abortion as opposed to just talking about politics. Um, and this year we're probably going, and, and also the last year that we did it, it was, um, it was an entire month this last January, which was really cool. And it was just like people doing all sorts of different shit that was way more like art based uh, all over the country. So people like had comedy shows and like made scenes and painted murals and 
Um, and that was awesome. And also kind of just like more our speed, I guess, because it's, it was very like malleable and creative and adaptable. Yeah. Um, and then this year we're going to be encouraging people to have book clubs um, and, cool. and like then have like events where they get together and like talk about the book. And we haven't like fully, fully conceptualized it yet, but we'll definitely be like giving away like we want to like get in touch with groups that are like feminist clubs on college campuses or like sororities or like clinics or whatever and then be like we will send you a box of 10 books um have a book club and then that's awesome i love books. that idea yeah we are excited about it too so so that's kind of like the the next half of the year i think is very going to be very book centric and like, we're all cool with that. But we also, like, constantly are partnering with, like, creative people all over the country who just, like, have some be in their bonnet and want to, like, do an abortion thing, whether it's, like, making a music video or, like, you know, staging a, a protest at a CPC. Um, so that's, like, a thing to keep in mind if you are having ideas or you're encountering people that are having ideas. Um, but we always want to hear from people and we want to help whenever we can. Yeah, I've been having conversations recently about um, talking because I'm doing this um, training to be a facilitator for teaching about like menstruation and just like body literacy generally because we don't get sex ed in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, pretty focused on adults, but also anyone. So like teaching in schools and communities and all that. But um, I working with like new moms all the time and I have a slew of recommendations for them to have like mom groups and support groups and things like that. But there's nothing really for the rest of us for like women who just want to get together and talk about their bodies and like things that happen and yeah, that's just been something I, I feel like people are wanting and yeah I'm trying to think about that a lot yeah totally just like regular groups <laughs> to just <Yeah>. talk <laughs> yeah I know I, I think people are like really desperate for it as well yeah everyone I work in an herbalism shop here too and I talk about it all the time so people are always coming in for things um, related to like their fertility or periods and just like we just need like red tent clubs that's what needs to be happening <laughs> yeah yeah I know well yeah I think I've pretty much asked everything and if there's anything else you want to say or let people know how they could get in touch um I'll like link everything that you've mentioned in the show notes for sure um I think that that seems like it covers it if that feels good to you yeah that's great okay Cool. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for talking. That was great. Totally. And thank you for being flexible with me. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, like, send me a link when everything is done. I will, for sure. Okay. And I'll sign up for the newsletter. And I hope that the fires stop and <sighs> it's all so... that craziness. I, it's awful. Yeah, it's really whack. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no problem. All, all right. right. Please take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.